nearly 40 years ago as my wife and I were traveling throughout uh, Western Canada, the thought and desire, ambition, conviction came to me during that time that I would like to be someone who could offer people solutions to their problems. And I was willing to entertain almost any problem that they could present to me. I had the thought that I could, I could solve problems. And I had a, a theme that was coming to my mind after a year or two, simple solutions in a complex world. And I knew that there was an answer to any problem, to any, to any question. I've discussed this a little, a little bit already in terms of answering uh, questions uh, in another presentation of uh, that prophet. And, uh, but I would like to expand on it a little bit. So I, I had that thought. And uh, that was happening around 1981, 1982, in there. And uh, it didn't materialize into any kind of uh, a consulting business of any kind or anything like that. And I didn't know at the time. I was, I was wondering, how do I do this? Who do I, whose questions do I answer? Whose problems do I solve? Uh, those were big questions for me. And if I'm a man of God, and I'm presenting these things as answers from the Lord, then I, my conviction was that I should not, could not charge. Uh, I knew that that would be totally wrong. That's all there is to it. So when you have when you have shysters out there that charge for consultation, uh, guys that uh, profess to be Christian counselors, Christian psychologists, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, I don't have any respect for them, and neither should you. Neither should anyone. Freely you have received, freely give, Jesus said to his disciples when, when he sent them out to, uh, to speak, to preach the gospel. Now you could make it, you can morph it into some sort of secular occupation. And so, you know, you have Christian psychology. Uh, you can have counseling, marriage counseling, family counseling. You can have all kinds of things. But if you're going to, if you're going to say that I'm coming in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what I say. I'm not allowed to charge a penny. That would be outrageous as far as I'm concerned. God does not sell truth. He is the truth. Is he going to sell himself? Does that make any sense? He is the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God, I'm the way. There is no other way. And people, people will say concerning that subject, I have to keep backtracking to where I leave off, they'll, they'll say, well, you're exclusivist. Uh, you, you, uh, you think there's only one way. No, that's not true. I don't think there's only one way. I know there's only one way. How do I know? I've made it to the mountaintop. Uh, remember the famous sermon by Martin Luther King Jr.? And he said, I've been to the mountaintop. 
He had seen something somewhere, somehow. I'm not going to get into that. But he claimed to be to, at the mountaintop. And people didn't have a problem with, with him saying that. They thought it was maybe rather poetic, uh, sensational. I can tell you, in all honesty, I'm not trying to be poetic here. I'm not trying to be sensational. I'm not trying to give you a big sales pitch. I've been to the mountaintop, and that's where I am now. One of my songs talks about that, or at least refers to it, from the mountaintop. So anyway, I, I wanted to, to, to go out and answer questions and, and solve problems. Uh, but it didn't come around uh, until a year or two later, where my wife and I had to flee to the United States for a while. It wasn't a matter of legality or, 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 or anything like that. We just had to go, and, and, and it was a flight of sorts, and I, I, it was a mystery to me as to why, and it wasn't a fit of madness. Uh, I'm not this loony tune who's claiming to be that prophet, and he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he doesn't, he's not, I'm not someone who, who is void in my, in my understanding of the implications of making such a statement in society. I, I know I know what I'm facing, and I, I get a lot of flack. I get a lot of ridicule, a lot of scoffing, a lot of mocking, and and that's that's all right by me. I know that it's part of the uh, part of the job, part of the calling, not a problem. But you know something, all those people who scoff at me, who ridicule me, all you have to do is watch their track record, presently and then in the future. If people don't listen to me and what I have to say, it does not go well for them. I've said this before, many have died. I have the instances, I have the proof, I've got uh, references, I've got many people that can testify to that. But I'm not gonna, I'm not here to convince anybody or persuade. I'm just going to speak what I know to be true, what I want to speak, and that's where it'll be. So anyway, we fled to the States for a while and then the Lord spoke to me and he said to Lethbridge, you go back to Lethbridge, and there I will begin. This was in the spring of 1984, winter and spring. Uh, you're going back to Lethbridge, and there I will begin the work that I've called you to. And I'll hail you from there to wherever, to all places, to various places in the world, which all of that has come to pass. But when we returned from, from the States in, uh, in the spring of 1984, uh, I thought, how am I going to support my wife and me? How, how am I going to pay my way? Because I, I don't want to be charging. Um, so maybe I should just have a job and just get a job as I, have, as I had in many times in the past. And um, I thought, well, look, uh, I have to try and decide just how I'm going to do this. Uh, so I, I started some business consulting. And having had experience in, in various areas of, of business, uh, running my own business and working for others, working for the Hudson's Bay Company for years, uh, having taken business administration uh, in college, um, I, I, I had some understanding, some knowledge, some experience, and I thought, all right, I'll do that. And if people are going to prosper financially by that, 
then I'm free to charge. I'm not there as a spiritual uh, leader, mentor. I'm not there as a prophet or an apostle or evangelist or pastor or anything like that. So it should be okay. But as I entered into it, interesting things happened. But I was still entertaining the thought of being able to solve whatever problem people brought to me and answer whatever questions needed to be answering. And my great confidence in that regard was that I knew I could go to the Lord who has all the answers, who has the solutions to every problem. There is no such thing as a problem uh, without a solution. No such thing. I don't care what the problem is. I don't care. I don't care how terrible it might be. There is an answer to every question. There's a solution to every problem. And that's because Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. And I know him. And I'm in touch with him. I have fellowship with him. Uh, he and I, we, 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 we spend time together in, in so many ways. He's faithful. He's true. He never lets me down. Never. He's given me so much. So, and I know that, that if he can raise the dead, and if he can raise himself from the dead, uh, can you think of a much greater problem that someone can solve than to raise himself from the dead, if that can be considered a problem? Which is, which is another point in itself. What is the problem? How do you define the problem? So a lot of people think they're addressing a certain problem, but it's not the problem. It's something else. And they first have to determine what the problem is. But anyway, in, in, in business consulting, I, I headed out there. New, new, a new occupation and a new way of going about uh, getting myself, my name out there. Uh, but it was happening. And people would come to me with a problem. And in many cases, uh, I could just handle it. It was a mundane kind of matter, whether it's some sort of paperwork or, or uh, financials or what have you. But, um, but in, in, in several cases, uh, they were problems that were more personal. And people, uh, I, I, had, I had presented myself, advertised myself as someone who could uh, answer both business and personal problems, deal with both, because I wanted to get more into the personal end of it. I wasn't so interested in the business part of it. That part I was doing as, uh, as uh, an income. But I wanted to go into areas where I could help people with their, with their personal problems. And so uh, there were many things that people that would ask me, and at, immediately I would not know the problem or, or the answer to the question, but I would go to the Lord, and he would answer. But I was seeing where there was conflict already, because, all right, if there's a solution to a problem, is it physical, is it spiritual, is it secular, is it religious, is it uh, uh, something that I should charge for, where people would make money from my answers, or, or what if they're set free in their lives, in their hearts, in their minds? Do I charge for something like that? So. During those few months, I was only there for a few months doing that, uh, doing business consulting. Um, during that time, I answered about three questions, at least three questions that I, that I needed answers to. One was, um, do I charge? Uh, who do I sell to? 
How do I charge? How much do I charge? Who do I offer those services to? Those were questions I wanted answered. And by the time a few months had gone by, I had all those questions answered. Uh, I left MH Consulting and I headed out to do the things that I needed to do free of charge. I knew that I couldn't charge anymore. Now, I knew I wasn't going to be getting into the mundane business matters and what have you. I was going to give the answers to, to uh, people who had them coming. Uh, so who do I, who do I, who do, whose questions do I answer? Whose problems do I solve? That was quite a, quite a question to answer. And I realized it would only be those people that the Lord brought to me. People to whom the Lord gave the opportunity to answer, to, to receive answers and solutions. So I went from there. So uh, I would go to him with what would appear to be maybe an impossible problem or an unanswerable question, and he would give me an answer. And lo and behold, it would work. It would work. I, I, I had the answers, and I wasn't charging. And if people didn't pay me, they didn't pay me. Uh, if they didn't think my counsel was worth anything, or if they couldn't afford it or whatever, then that's the way it was. Uh, but I wasn't worried about that. I wasn't concerned. So there was that fulfillment, in part, of being able to answer any question and solve any problem that came my way. I could give you examples in the business uh, end of it. Uh, I don't think I need to right now, maybe at another time. And, uh, and then, and then I, I, I left uh, along, I left those things for a while and uh, I didn't really have a lot of people coming to me for, for a time there to, to, uh, to, with their problems. And obviously, you know that everybody has problems and everybody has questions that, that they haven't had answered. And some of them are in turmoil because they don't have those solutions and those answers. But now, here I am uh, on, on this stage, if you will, before the world, on the internet, on YouTube, Facebook, what have you, email correspondence, all these different modes of communication, and I'm answering people, and I'm confronting people, and I'm preaching the gospel, and I'm telling people what is the will of God in general. I'm telling people what is the will of God for them personally. Uh, they, they come ask me for questions. Uh, or I'm sorry, they come ans asking me for answers, and, uh, and I give them the answers. I find myself able to do that. Uh, so you wonder, is it possible for someone to, to, to give answers to any question, to, to offer solutions for any problem? That sounds pretty impossible. That sounds outrageously arrogant, but it's not. And I'll tell you why it's not. People, people that believe there are un insoluble problems, unsolvable problems, uh, people that believe that there are questions that you just can't answer, um, 
in some cases, uh, there, there's some fairly good reason to believe that. But generally speaking, uh, the reason that they believe that way, that there, there are just a lot of questions that can't be answered or a lot of uh, problems that can't be solved, is because they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They have no relationship with God himself, personally. That's why they, they'll think that way. They just don't believe. Well, uh, I say that one who believes the Lord will be given whatever answer he or she needs. They will be given whatever solution they need to whatever problem they may encounter. And I, I, I've seen that working, and I've seen no exceptions. Not one. Not one. I know that Jesus Christ is the solution. Think about it. He created everything. By, by, by him were all things made, and without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by him. And by him all things consist, it says in the scriptures. Am I, am I referring to the scriptures in a religious way? You may call it that. But I have full faith in the scriptures. I know they're true. I've tried them for 45 years at least, since 1972, 73. So that's 47 years. And I've found them to be true without error, without any problem. There are some passages that, uh, that have been um, uh, perverted, distorted, very few. Uh, but the Lord solves that problem too, because you can think, well, what problems or, or what scriptures are there that, uh, that, are, that have been tampered with? What, are, what things are there in the Bible that shouldn't be there? Because the Lord did warn that one should not add or take away from the scriptures. If he were to add to the scriptures, the plagues mentioned in the scriptures would be added to him. And if he were to subtract scriptures, take something out of the word of God that was there, that was supposed to be there, and they omitted that, then, then they would lose that part of life, that part of the value for themselves. And it's true. I see it working. I see it working all the time. So I have full faith in the God of the scriptures, and I have faith that God will show me uh, this, the meaning in the scriptures. It's always there. He'll explain whatever needs explaining. Notice I said needs explaining. There are many things he won't explain because they're not needed to be explained. He told me back in the 80s, he said, I'll show you what you need to see step by step. Go along and I'll, I'll give you whatever you need, whatever you want. And, and he's done that. He's done that. This is a marvelous thing, people because that doesn't happen in the churches. That does not happen in the church systems. You know why? Because people have sold themselves out. I talk about charging for the truth. Char they charge in many ways. A man can become a pastor certified. He may have a degree. He may have a master's. He may have a PhD in theology, um, whatever. And then he gets hired on, right? Jesus talked about the hirelings. That's what they are. Anybody on a salary as a man of God? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There is no such thing as a man of God with a salary. At the same time, 
The workman is worthy of his hire, and when he goes out there serving the Lord, working for the Lord as the Lord's servant, I'll tell you, he is abundantly rewarded. I have had people just be so generous with us, so generous. And, and, and it's, they count it a privilege. I don't have to wrestle with them for any kind of income if, like you do in business and say, well, you know, they'll argue with you, with you and say that's too much, that's too much, you charge too much. Um, I don't charge. I don't charge at all. I don't even hint at it. If you go to my website, thepathoftruth.com, if you go to my music sites, Victor Hafechuk Music on Facebook, and victorhafechuk.com uh, as, a, as a website for my music, you'll not find any, any charges there for anything. People, people are able to get those songs, download them. They're able to get any writings, and there are thousands of pages of answers, counsel. They don't have to pay for any of it. But in thankfulness, in gratitude, and understanding, they want to reciprocate. They've been given life, and they're so appreciative. They want to, because I've given them of spiritual goods, they want to do whatever they can, whether spiritually or in physical goods. They want to, they want to give because they appreciate. They've had the substance, and they've known it, and they've come into contact with God, with the Lord. And they're very thankful for that. And so they just give. I don't have to ask. God forbid that I should ask. God forbid. There's no way. So, but I have the answers for anything. If they call, wanting to discuss something, I have the answers. It's not a problem at all. That's a wonderful thing. An insoluble problem? No question that can't be answered? Think about that. Consider that. When I was in that business consulting back in 84, people asked me to solve certain kinds of problems, and they would tell me what their problem was. Invariably, I would find out that what they were saying was the problem was not the problem. Very seldom was the problem what they said it was. So the first thing that had to happen was we had to identify the problem. We had to identify the problem. And as they say, I don't know, uh, there are people who say, if you identify the problem, if you define the problem, you're halfway to solving it. Well, you may be halfway, you may not, depending on, on, on the problem. I would say that in a lot of cases, the moment you identify the problem, the moment you correctly define it, you've pretty much solved it. And one of the reasons for that is because you are usually the problem. When I was consulting people in business, they'd talk about all kinds of problems. And I also found that the business and the, and the personal was always tied in. I, I, I was discovering that I couldn't separate the two. You just can't do that. Not if you want to truly solve the problems. Not if you want to truly answer the questions. You can't separate personal and physical and mental and spiritual, financial, social, economic, political. You can't separate those. It's all one. It's all of God's creation. And one thing affects another, affects another, affects another. I, in, in those few months that I was in that consulting business, I learned that it's all one. I learned that God was over everything. I learned that whatever people brought forth to me 
as a business problem turned out to be a personal problem, almost always. And in many ways, in many ways. So the answer, the biggest problem is to define the problem. And then you come to the answer. And if you have truly defined the problem, the answer is pretty much there. You're more than 50% of the way. You could be 100% of the way. The secret is to facing, is that one must face the truth as to what the problem is. Because it's usually a reflection on them. And you have a lot of people uh, writing about that kind of thing. Uh, who is it? Jocko Willink? He talked about how you have to own it. You have to, you have to own the problem. You have to take responsibility. A lot of people will teach you that. They have to take res you have to take responsibility for your problems. And that's the biggest problem of all. People do not want to face themselves. Let me tell you this. If you can face yourself in the, in, in the quietness of life, if you can get alone by yourself, that sounds a little strange, but if you can get alone by yourself, face yourself right down, you've conquered the world. If you can honestly face yourself right down, to the end, you've conquered the world. But I know that you can't do that without your creator. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Not any other person. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He's the solution to everything. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no man can come unto God, unto the Father, but by me. People say he was a wise man. They give him all kinds of compliments. Yes, he was a prophet, and he said many good things, but so have many others. And so you have your way, you have your truth, and I have my truth. And uh, so everything's just hunky-dory. It's just wonderful. Um, truth is relative. Folks, let me give you one word for that. I will use the secular word. I will use the vernacular here. That kind of thinking and talk is bullshit. Straight out bullshit. I'll tell you why I know. Because I am at the mountaintop. I sit on the throne with the Lord Jesus Christ. One lady just finished uh, taking issue with me, saying nobody sits on the throne. Only Jesus overcame and sat on the throne with his father. So you're a fraud. <laughs> but Jesus, in Revelation 3, says, He that overcomes, to him will I grant to sit down with me on my throne, even as I overcame and sat down on my father's throne. And this woman went on ranting and raving. She didn't have a clue what she was talking about. But people are always opening their mouths. They're always opening their mouths, demonstrating their foolishness, demonstrating their ignorance. People are very, very stupid. They really are. Do you hear many preachers talk that way, using that kind of word that I just used a few seconds ago? No, 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 no. They get well-dressed, they smile, they shake your hand, they slap you on the back, they give you a hug. A lot of them do, not everybody. They're not real. They're religious. And what are they doing? They're getting paid. And how are they going to get paid by people if they're going to be telling them the truth? I get 
rewarded for telling people the truth if they receive the truth, uh, if they believe it, receive it, live it, apply it, they're set free. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's what Jesus said. And when the Son of Man makes you free, you'll be free indeed. So the truth and the Son of Man are one and the same. I'm telling you things I know. I'm telling you things that I've staked my life on right from 1971, 1972. I've staked my life on these things, quite literally. I know the truth. I'm at the mountaintop, and as I look down, I see all the various roads at the base of the mountain. And there are bushes, and there are crevices, and what have you, all kinds of obstacles. And I see various people trying this. Some people try this religion. Some people try that philosophy. Some people try this kind of practice, this kind of discipline. They might try yoga, Buddhism, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I see the path that I took up. And I see it as having been the only path that led to the top. And if I look around me, there is only one path coming to this mountaintop. Only one. And all those other paths, they start off, but they never finish. Some of them are, are done almost as soon as people set out on those paths. It didn't work. Hmm. Drugs didn't work. Hmm. Running around, socializing didn't work. Hmm. Video games didn't work. Hmm. This, this, this cult out in the, in the woods, that didn't pan out. Um, following this leader, this guru, this pastor, this reverend, this priest, didn't work. I see all those paths there, and I tried a bunch of them. None of them worked for me. None of them. And then something happened where the Lord Jesus Christ took a hold of my life. And that's one, one interesting thing about the path that comes to the top. It's not so much that I find the right path as that that, fi that path finds me. That path finds me. That's Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the path. And he's the shepherd. What sheep is going to know where to go or what to do? There's no such thing as a sheep that has the wisdom to lead itself into green pastures and still waters and, and to be protected from the wolves. There's no such thing. It has to be the shepherd that does that. And Jesus Christ is that shepherd. Faithful, true, merciful, gracious, wonderful, wonderful shepherd. Perfect, omniscient, omnipotent. Yes, yes. Omnipresent. He's everywhere. There is nowhere where he isn't. Obviously, how can creation contain the creator? Well, I suppose there are things that can be created where, uh, where a maker is not there. But with Jesus Christ, it says by him all things consist. There isn't anywhere where he isn't. He is my Lord and my Savior. I made it to this top because he made it for me. And there's only one path coming up to, that, to the top of that mountain. And there, when I talk about the mountain, I'm talking about the highest peak. I'm talking about as far as, as one can, can rise. Uh, let me give you some examples of people who, who can testify to that kind of thing. There are Buddhists, or testify in part, and, and, and uh, New Agers of various sorts, uh, uh, people that have said 
I'm, I'm striving for nirvana. I'm striving for enlightenment. And I've talked to various people. And there's not one that can say, I've made it. I've made it. I'm, I, I have nirvana. I've reached it. In fact, they say to me, that's impossible. You can't reach nirvana. You can't reach enlightenment. And I'm thinking, well, if you can't reach it, then what, why bother? Why bother trying if you can't? And how can you possibly reach it if you don't believe you can reach it? If you don't have the faith to know that you can enter in? And I would marvel at answers like that. And that's because they didn't know Jesus Christ. They thought, they thought maybe Buddha or some of these other people would give them some counsel, give them the answer. They can join some club, some religion. I don't care what religion it is. I don't care if it's Christianity. Christianity won't get you there. Christianity won't get you there. Islam won't get you there. No, it won't. And yet, what, a billion and a half people are deceived into thinking, hey, that's, that's the way to go, that's what to do. Buddhism won't get, won't get you there. Shintoism, Taoism, Hinduism, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. None of the religions can get you there. And Jesus Christ did not institute a religion. The Catholic Church will tell you that. And that's just more bullshit. He didn't institute religion. He came to give life. He laid his life down for us. Went straight to the cross, to the grave, and up the other side in three days. And anybody who wants to enter in through the gate, the one gate, and walk the narrow path, they're going to have to identify with him in that death. I've told people I've died, and they don't believe me. Understandable. It's impossible, because they've never died. So how can they know that I died? But I died. The Lord brought me into his death and into his grave and brought me up to the other side. And I'm alive and well, standing with the Lord. And I'm able to answer whatever question I need answered and I, or that anyone else needs answered. And, and, and I can solve any problem. If you think that I'm uh, outrageously arrogant and presumptuous and, and foolish, stupid, in making those kinds of statements, that'll be your problem. It won't be my problem. I am fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am that prophet in Deuteronomy 18. I don't know of anyone else that can make the kind of claims that I'm making. I don't know of anyone else. And it doesn't matter. There may be 10,000 out there who can make that claim. That's up to them. I don't know of anybody else. And I guess time will tell who has, who has questions and problems that they want answered and solved. Right now, we are in a worldwide crisis, a plague, a plague in more ways than one. The COVID-19, we are in tough times. There are a lot of people that are, that are already getting shaken up, shaken up. There's a lot of publicity. There's a lot of propaganda. There are a lot of lies being told, a lot of fear-mongering. Yes. We're in tough times. And it's, uh, as President Trump once said, the, the apparent solution 
to the problem is far worse, or the cure to the problem of COVID is far worse than, than the problem itself, than the, than the sickness. Well, how right he is, how right he is. It's amazing. It's amazing what's happening. People want to shake their heads. I'm standing in these fires. I'm standing in, in all of this that's happening. I don't have a care in the world. I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. I just don't. And nor do those with me. And I'm not trying to flatter you or talk you into coming and joining me. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. If God grants you to receive something from me, great. That's all right. Not a problem. If that's his will, I'm all for it. All the way. But if he doesn't want that, then you can, you can go your way, do your thing. Nothing will help. Nothing. And you can, you can sink or swim. And that's the way it'll be. But I can tell you that the only refuge in this world, the only sanctuary, you know, you have sanctuary cities and all that kind of stuff. The only hope you have, true hope ever, in any age is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Lord and Savior of all mankind. Yeah. And he'll deal with all the liars and thieves and crooks and oppressors tyrants. He'll deal with every last one of them. In fact, I can tell you, he has set the whole thing up just to demonstrate the value of goodness against evil. Yeah. He's in charge. All things consist by him. He said, as he was about to ascend to heaven, he said to his disciples, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all nations, teaching them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way it is, folks. That's the way it is. If you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope. If you believe on him, you're away. You're home free. That's the way it is. And I'm here as that prophet to tell you so. And that's, that's all I have to say. There comes a time when it's still.